What's up, everyone? Happy Wednesday. Welcome back to another episode of Dietitian Table Talks. I am so happy that you're here. Thank you for joining me. Um, I'm your host, Emily Bogato, and I am a registered dietitian and personal trainer and online coach, combining those two skills. Um, so if you don't follow me, if you just happen to come across this episode randomly, make sure you're following me on Instagram at dietitian.em.b because I post a lot of helpful information on there about nutrition and fitness. Um, not too much to talk about before the episode starts other than the fact that we also have a Below the Influencer episode coming out today. Um totally unrelated to nutrition and fitness, but actually our next couple episodes after this one, I believe will be nutrition and fitness related. So if that's something you're interested in, go ahead and subscribe or keep an eye out for those episodes. Also, our next challenge, Six Weeks to Shreds, is coming up on us here shortly. I think the day that this releases, you might be able to pre-register. I'm not positive. If you can, I'll definitely put it in the show notes. Um, if not, keep an eye out on our Instagram page and the DBFT LLC page. We post tons of information about it on the DBFT page if you're wondering what the hell Six Weeks to Shreds is, what it includes, what you need to do for it, um, who should join it, that kind of stuff. Uh, definitely keep an eye out on that page. Today's episode is going to be uh, all about nutrition and fitness, and it's going to be the questions that you guys ask me. So if you want to ask me a question for the next episode that I do like this, because I definitely want to start doing a lot of these so that I can make sure I'm helping you guys with what you actually need help with. Um, so if you want to submit something, go ahead and go to the link in my show notes so that I can help you with your specific situation and your exact question. And I'm sure there are a lot of other people that it will help too. So that's the fun thing about these episodes. Not only am I helping you, but I'm sure there's a lot of other people who have that same question or are in that same situation. So let's get into it. First question. Is it, well, I'll read like you guys' full question. Is it possible to gain four to five pounds of fat in a week? I have been weighing myself every day to keep an average of my weight for about two and a half months. I had an off week where I overate and even binged for two days. It's been four days since I'm back to eating in a calorie deficit, but the weight is still showing four pounds heavier. I had been making progress and I had lost about seven pounds, but now I feel like I cut my progress in half by going off track for one week. Signed, I just really love donuts. All right, I feel like there's actually a lot to unpack here. So my question, first of all, is are you truly binging, like actual binging where you're just unconsciously eating, eating to the point where you feel extremely stuffed, or are you just overeating more than you would like? There is a difference. Um, you know, either way, I do have a concern with maybe your relationship with food is not very good and maybe you should not be trying to be in a calorie deficit because that will only make it worse probably. Um, so that's my first concern. 
Um, a lot of times when people feel too restricted, even if they're not in an extreme calorie deficit, that doesn't mean that you won't feel mentally restricted. So a lot of times when people feel too restricted, it makes them want to overeat. Um, so with you making progress, you'd lost about seven pounds. I don't know how long, uh, that, Oh, actually, it says you've been weighing yourself for two and a half months. So I don't know if that's when you lost the seven pounds. Um, but what I would recommend is maybe taking some time to do just like a maintenance phase. That way you can bring your calories back up or even a reverse diet. I have an episode about that too. Because um, it sounds like maybe mentally it's not really a good thing for you to be in a calorie deficit right now. Now to answer your actual question, is it possible to gain four to five pounds of fat in a week? I would say no. Uh, the reason I say no is because... Sure, it's possible. Anything is possible. I don't know how much you ate, but in order to gain four to five pounds of fat, so one pound of fat is somewhere around 2,300 calories over what your body burns in a day. So multiply that by four or five, I think that would probably be nearly impossible. Now, you may definitely be seeing the effects of eating a lot of carbs, a lot of sodium, that of course is going to make you hold water and it may take a little bit for that to come off. Um, you're also filling out your glycogen stores. So when you're dieting, you your glycogen stores probably weren't full and then now you filled them back up. So that is also going to make your weight higher as well. Um, also, it could be some fat as well. So mixed a mixture of fat, water, glycogen stores are full. That can definitely add four pounds. So that explains what's going on. It's not the end of the world, I promise. Um, but a lot of times when even if you just, you know, go out to eat one day, your weight could be up four pounds. I've definitely seen it in clients. I've seen it in myself. If you're eating a lot of sodium, especially, um, especially like, I don't know why every single time never fails. If a client gets Chipotle or if I get Chipotle, their weight goes up after. And it's not because of like, the macros or too many calories it's because they must put so much damn sodium in it that it makes people's weight skyrocket for a few days or a couple days um so yeah definitely nothing to worry about you're gonna be okay I love donuts too and that the weight should be the least of your concern the the thing you should be more concerned about is your relationship with food and what is causing you to want to overeat for a couple days like that. And that is what I would try to figure out and that is what I would work on. We do have a registered dietitian, Be Healthy with Kelsey. She's amazing. I actually went to school with her. We went to school together um, and she works with clients to help improve their relationship with food. She does a great job. People love her and rave about her. Um, so I would definitely look into working with her if you need help with your relationship with food. Um, she actually used to work at a facility that was an inpatient facility with 
patients who had eating disorders and addictions. Um, her clients that work with her don't necessarily have an eating disorder. They just need to improve their relationship with food. So that's a plug for Kelsey. And also, in combined with that, sometimes therapy can help as well. Um, and maybe they could help you also figure out what truly is going on to cause you to want to overeat. Um, we all overeat sometimes. It's a normal thing. We all, you know, we, we're at Cheesecake Factory and we're like, damn, this food tastes so good. These portions are huge and it's so good that I just want to eat past the point where I'm full because it tastes good and I'm having a good time. So we all overeat sometimes, but the mindset in which it happens is important. Next question, I'm going to try to make this one quick because it does not apply to everyone. Are part-time internships a thing, assuming you're talking about the dietitian internship? And from what I know, I do not think so. Um, there are different ones, like combining it with your undergrad and stuff, which I guess that would kind of be part-time. Um, but for mine, it was 40 hours a week, 1,200 hours total for, it was about 10 months long and I did not have the option of doing it part-time and I don't know anyone who did it part-time. Question number three. Hold on, let me skip. I want to read your full questions. Oh my God, my internet is not working. Okay. Oh, shit. Sorry, guys. I'm not editing this, so you just gotta listen to me. Damn it. <laughs> My internet. Okay, here we go. Now I have them all up, so sh we should be good to go. Oh, they're out of order. Okay, best ways to get in protein for someone who literally hates protein. Meats, shakes, I lived off them for a while now and I gave gag every time I think of them. Eggs, literally anything that has a decent amount of protein. I'm so picky. Any suggestions? Okay, so I think we all have those foods that we ate too much of and then even the thought of them makes us sick. For me, Quest Bars is one of those. I cannot even bite into one without like gagging and spitting it out. It's disgusting to me. Um, but yeah, we all have... We all have foods like that and we all go through phases where we might love something one day and then a few weeks later we are disgusted by it. Um, first, my recommendation would be to try cooking things in different ways. So I went through a period of time where I hated chicken that I cooked. If someone else cooked it, if I got it at a restaurant, loved it. If I cooked it, hated it. Then I got an air fryer. And air fryers, let me tell you, they are magic. They make everything taste better. So I would recommend trying cooking things in different ways. Um, with the shakes, maybe you can try different brands. I know there are some brands that I would not drink. They're disgusting. And Legion, I love their protein. The cinnamon cereal the vanilla, the chocolate, chocolate peanut butter, fruity cereal. What else am I missing? Those are my first ones that come to mind that I love. 
Um, but there definitely are some protein shakes that are no good. So I would maybe just try different ones, try different brands. Um, my one meal that I eat like every single day that has a big amount of protein in it would be my overnight oats because I do, I'll just tell you exactly how I make it, even though you probably have seen it on my Instagram if you follow me. So I cook the oatmeal, then I add Greek yogurt. You could do a flavored one if Greek yogurt, like the plain one, grosses you out, but the protein, the protein powder that I add flavors it. Um, so I do Greek yogurt, protein powder. Sometimes I add chia seeds and mix that up. Then I put frozen berries on top and I let it like sit in the fridge overnight or at least for a few hours. Let the berries thaw out and it tastes so good. And this is a meal that's super high in protein and fiber and has some micronutrients. So um, that is definitely a great staple to have in your diet. Um, since you mentioned you're kind of grossed out by meat, if you try it different ways and you still don't like it, I would definitely look more into like vegetarian, vegan sources of protein. So experiment with tofu and tempeh and lentils. Um, those are just the ones that come to mind because, you know, there are people who don't eat meat and they still get their protein in. So, try different things, experiment, and I'm sure you'll figure out how to get enough protein in. Another thing also to get enough protein in, make sure you're eating enough times a day because in our culture, I feel like a lot of people only eat like two meals a day and then maybe snack foods um, like chips and stuff. And when you're only eating two actual meals a day and then just a bunch of snacks, it's going to be really hard to get enough protein in. If I took my, I eat 140 grams of protein a day. If I tried to split that up and eat that in two meals, I just, I wouldn't do that. Like that is way too much of protein in one meal. Um, so make sure you're getting enough meals in. I personally eat like four meals a day and that seems to be my sweet spot. All right. I want to figure out how to get this back into, oh, I think I can go summary. There we go. All right. Let me go back to this part. Okay. This one, I think, is an interesting one. So, they said, if you go on a vacation during your cut, what can you do ahead of time to help yourself from gaining more weight than you'd like? And what I can tell you is the vacations that I went on where I did something restrictive before, I gained a lot more weight on. And that's because I was in that mindset of, all right, I'm going to diet extreme before vacation, get in great shape so I'm looking good. And I would do two extreme of things. And then when I got on vacation, I would want to eat everything in sight. So um, the vacations that I did that before, I gained more weight on. The vacations that I went into feeling very good and balanced and not doing anything extreme, I didn't gain weight on. So I think a lot of it has to do with your mindset and what you did before. Um, but also remember that 
it's a vacation. You don't want to diet on vacations, I promise you. Because when you look back at it and you're like, oh, damn, like, I skipped out on eating the Mickey Mouse-shaped elephant ear when I was at Disney World because I didn't want to eat too many calories. Like, that's lame as fuck. So, just live it up. You know, do... Do eat things that still make you feel good, still get some micronutrients in, fiber in, protein in. You want to be feeling good. You don't want to be eating like an asshole the entire time, but you also just don't want to be worrying about it that much. Like, you don't want to track macros on a vacation and stuff like that. So, um, leading up to the vacation, make sure that you're feeling nice and balanced and not doing anything extreme. Having a coach will definitely help because they can give you some guidance um, and get you in the right mindset. But I can tell you that the best thing for me was to not do anything extreme. And that goes for always, not just before a vacation, but always because extreme things usually backfire. Next question. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Go-to snacks to have at my work desk. To be honest, none. And I work from home, so there's no need for me to do that, but even when I didn't work from home, I only had the food with me that I was going to eat that day. I think for some people, having a bunch of snacks at your work desk is not a good idea because when you're working, you're not going to be, like when you're eating while working, you're not being mindful. But I also understand that some people, they only get like five minutes to eat. So one of my clients, she's a dental hygienist. So she, in between patients, she doesn't go to the break room or anything. She gets like five minutes to quickly eat a snack in her room. So for that example, yes, have snacks at your work desk if you need to. If you don't need to, just have your your meals and snacks that you are going to eat that day probably. Um, at least that's what I did and that's what I found worked best for me because if I have food in front of me and I'm bored, I'm going to eat it. Um, but my favorite like shelf-stable, non-refrigerated snacks, definitely Bada Bean snacks. Um, if you order them online, I do have a discount code. I think it's Dietitian M like EM, make sure you spell it right. This does not in any way like support me, but it does give you a discount. Bada bean snacks. The saucy ones are my favorite. The saucy box with the ranch and the like honey mustard one. Those are the two best flavors. Um, also love popcorners, um, jerky, fruit, like Apples, bananas, oranges, those you can have at your desk. Um, and that's all that I can really think of, to be honest. Um, okay, next question is about being a bottomless pit on your period. I'm not going to read the whole question, but basically, like, why am I a bottomless pit on my period and what can I do to help this? So, there's a lot of reasons that people feel hungrier, like, right before their period and on their period, um, and it's kind of, like, a lot of different things adding up. So, first of all, 
after you ovulate, your progesterone is high and when that happens, it actually increases your like body temperature a little bit and in turn, that can also make you burn a little bit more calories, maybe like a couple hundred and that can increase your hunger. Now, that's only like, you know, a small amount, a couple hundred calories at most. Um, but at the same time, you also have a drop in estrogen and these things combined can make you feel more hungry. You also may not be sleeping as well because at that time, you're more sensitive to light. So you really want to make sure, I always tell people this, but you really, at least at this time, want to make sure that your room is completely blacked out. You don't have any night lights on. You don't have light seeping through your window. You also could even wear like a silk or satin eye mask. Um, that's actually good for your skin. My my Botox lady tells me to wear that. <laughs> um, so when you're not sleeping well, that also makes you more hungry. So now you have three things in there. Here's the fourth thing. Your blood sugar is not as stable around that time because of your hormonal changes. Having low blood sugar like basically signals your body that you need to eat more. What do we want to eat more of at this time? Sugary foods, processed foods, which makes your blood sugar even more crazy. So there's so many things that are adding up to make you want to eat more and it is pretty normal for people to want to eat more right before then and during your period. So, oh, also there's some other like hormonal changes too, like your dopamine and serotonin, um, just kind of making you feel shitty and when you eat really good tasting high fat high carb high sodium foods it might make you feel good for like two minutes might give you like a little serotonin or dopamine increase and then it goes back down because food does not make you happy long term um so what you can do during this time is to make sure you're doing things that will kind of help control your blood sugar. So that would be making sure you're eating often enough. You're not going all day with eating, letting your blood sugar drop, getting to the point where you're starving and you're just out of control. You also want to make sure you're getting enough protein in that will help keep you full, enough fiber in. High fiber foods would be like fruits, veggies, whole grains, beans, and just make sure you're getting complex carbs in and eating actual meals. You don't want to just be eating snack foods all day. And if you're eating actual meals, a lot of times you'll actually eat less calories because the meals are more filling for like the amount of volume that it is and snack foods are not as filling. Think about it. I could eat 500 calories of Pop-Tarts. Actually, I think 400 calories is a pack of Pop-Tarts, like two of them, and not feel full at all. But if I put those calories towards eating an actual meal with like chicken and veggies and potatoes, I would feel full. So your food choices can play a big role in your hunger. Um, next question. Are probiotics necessary? If so, which brands would you suggest? I have Tula hair, skin, and nail probiotic gummies now. 
are they necessary? No, they're not necessary. I actually don't take a probiotic. And my reasoning for that is if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know, I have great digestion. I am... I don't have any digestion issues. I go to the bathroom every morning. I'm good to go. I don't need to add that in because it's not necessary. Could I still get a benefit from taking it? I'm sure I could. Um, They also have some other possible functions like decreasing inflammation um, and some other things that I could probably benefit from. But at this time, I don't really think that it's necessary for me. Um, And... There are, like, some conditions where it definitely is necessary. Obviously, you know, you would hear this from your doctor, um, but it can definitely help people who have, like, IBS or inflammatory bowel disease or even certain skin conditions. As you see, it's in, like, a lot of Tula products. They have the gummies. Um, So, some people can definitely benefit from it for sure. I don't have any specific brands to tell you guys. I looked at the Tula one just because that's what you mentioned that you're taking. Oh, also, I eat Greek yogurt every single day. So I get probiotics every single day from that. So I think that might be why I don't really see the need to take it, at least not right now. Um, so the Tula one, I looked at it. My only concern with it is that it only has one strain of probiotic in it and and most supplements usually have like at least like two or three strains um, but it does also have a lot of other good stuff in it like it has a prebiotic in it which is great. Um, it has antioxidants in it which I feel like those are a little bit con- controversial to supplement um, but who knows who knows. There still needs to be a lot of research done on a lot of these supplements. Um, It has biotin in it. It has folic acid in it. So it does have a lot of other stuff in it besides just a probiotic. I think that's all I have to say about that because I I just don't have much else to say. (laughs) Um, Advice for someone struggling with an eating disorder. First of all, I would say know that you are worth like you are worth fighting how do I word that you are worth fighting against it and getting help even if you feel like it's not severe enough to get help that's not a thing there's no such thing as it only being severe enough to get help even if you just feel like you kind of have like a little bit of disordered habits with your eating but you're like okay maybe I wouldn't be considered like having an eating disorder, but I have some disordered habits. Tell someone and try to get some help for it. Um, therapy, a registered dietitian that specializes in that area. Um, I feel like BetterHelp um, does uses them for therapy. I feel like they probably have um, the option to have a therapist that specializes in that because I know when she filled out her form, it asked like what reasoning she was going for. I don't know if eating disorders was one of the like choices she could have picked, but I feel like it probably is with the prevalence of it. Um, But please, I ask that 
when you're getting help, make sure that you're choosing someone who's qualified because there are so many people online trying to scam people or even if they're not trying to scam people, they think that just because they have have had an eating disorder themselves, that that makes them qualified to help other people with it. And that's just not the case. So make sure you're choosing someone who is a qualified health professional. You can get through this. There are many people who have battled this and gotten through it. So I know that you can. Another thing I will say is if social media makes it worse, stay off of it. Unfollow anyone that you feel like affects your mental health. Um, Social media is such a comparison game and a lot of the stuff that you see on there is not real. I was just listening to a podcast from a YouTuber who lives in LA and they were talking about how they see these people online and then they meet them in person and they look completely different. So when you're comparing yourself to these people online, realize that a lot of it is fake. A lot of it is edited. It's the best angles. And that goes for me. I'm, I mean, I'm posting pictures that I feel good in and that means, you know, angles that I feel good in. Everyone's posting their best angles. So if you see a picture of yourself and you're like, dang, like, I don't like that picture. Guess what? I have pictures like that too. And I don't post them because I don't feel good in them. So social media, I feel like really plays a big role in how we feel about ourselves. And it's just a weird, weird time to grow up. I feel like I just don't, I'm worried. (laughs) I'm worried about what it's going to be like in like 10 years or so. But Yes, unfollow anyone that makes you feel worse, even if you like the person, but you're like, damn, I'm always finding myself comparing myself to them or comparing my body to them. Just unfollow them. It's okay. They should understand. Um, someone asked, what's the most important thing that you learned while becoming a dietitian and that you think other people should know? Hmm. I don't know what way to go with this. I feel like one of the best things that I learned and that you would probably learn if you went into any like health or science related field is how to tell the difference between like when you see it, something online, how to tell if that thing is fact or fiction. That is a major problem these days. People believe anything that they see online. They they read the headline and automatically they think that's the truth. And I see this all the time just in like family members and in-laws. My parents are in the health field and they're very science-based. So that's kind of like what I grew up with. And that's not the case for everyone. Not everyone knows how to read research. Not everyone knows science. Not everyone knows how to tell if something they see on Facebook is true or not. And I think going into a health-related field, that's something that you learn. We have to we have to read research. We have to 
do projects involving research. And I think that is a huge skill to have, being able to tell what's true or not. And that's one of the number one things that people come to me for is to make sure that what they heard or what they read, see if it's true or not. And that's actually why I have in my Instagram header spreading the truth about nutrition because there is so much bullshit out there. There's so much false information out there. Even like there's there's people who work in science, say a doctor, for example, and maybe they cherry pick a couple studies that support their like what they're trying to portray and they cherry pick the ones that support them and just, you know, brush off the ones that don't support them um, to create this like narrative that they want to sell. So um, I'm very happy to be someone who is able to just give you guys like the facts and I'm happy that I can tell for myself what things to believe and what not to believe so that I can also help other people. I also feel like during my schooling and especially during my internship, I learned how to talk to patients and and clients and just people in general. I learned how to actually properly talk to people and not make them feel like shit, not be bossing them around, telling them what to do. Uh, I learned how to do motivational interviewing. I learned how to be understanding and empathetic. And I feel like that is a skill that a lot of people who didn't go to school to be a coach may not have because they just don't have that experience. Like I had to do like fake motivational interviewing interviews with fake patients. And then I had to go do it with real patients in my internship. And I do think my internship did a great job at it because I know other people, some other people have told me that they didn't really have experience doing that. But mine, they definitely really focused on the interviewing. And by interviewing, I don't mean like interviewing, like job interviewing. I just mean like talking with a client and what questions I would ask them and how to ask the question, how to word it, that kind of stuff. Um, we don't have too many more to do. I think I'm going to do like two more and stop there, but make sure to go ask your questions in the link in the show notes, um, so that I can answer your questions in the next one. Uh, but two more. So this person said, I've been weight training for one year now and my glutes will not grow. What can I do to speed up the process? I feel like a lot of people will probably want to hear this because who doesn't want a fatter ass? We all do. Um, so one common mistake, actually, we'll go over a few common mistakes um, that people make, especially when they're first starting out with their fitness journey. First of all, your glutes are going to have a hard time growing if you're not feeding them. If you're always focused on being in a calorie deficit, which a lot of people who are just starting fitness, that's, you know, what they're trying to do. They want to get lean and skinny and blah, blah, blah. And that's not really an optimal time for your glutes to grow. Your glutes need food. Any muscle needs food to grow. Um, So 
actually the best thing that you could do is to be in a slight calorie surplus even. Um, at least maintenance, if not a little bit more to where you're slowly, slowly, slowly gaining weight over time. That way it gives the opportunity for your body to have enough fuel to put towards gaining muscle. Because if you think about it, if it doesn't have enough fuel to do other things, it's not going to put that fuel towards gaining muscle. It has other important things that it needs fuel for. Um, so being in a slight calorie surplus definitely can help, aka reverse dieting and then con- you know continuing continuing it um, into a slight calorie surplus. That definitely will be huge. Um, and then for the exercise portion, obviously lifting heavy, doing heavy compound lifts, squats, deadlifts, hip thrusts, every kind of deadlift. Those are going to be key. Um, I would also recommend training legs at least two times a week. I I don't really ever go over that, but um, some people, they'll say like, you know, train them two times a week and then do a little bit after one of your other leg days, do a few accessory movements. Um, I know there are some people who train glutes a little bit like every single day. I've never done that, um, but I would say at least two solid leg days a week. And if you want to add in a little bit more like accessory movements, not the heavy compounds, that would still be good too. Because you can't do squats and deadlifts and hip thrusts and stuff like that every single day because you need to recover and you would just be so tired that you wouldn't even perform them well. Um, A couple other things. Sleeping. Sleeping is key for growing any muscle or even for fat loss goals. So you got to make sure you're sleeping enough and getting high quality sleep um, because that is when you recover. And that is when your body kind of like secretes like growth hormone and other important hormones for recovery. Um, So sleeping is highly underrated and we need to do more of it. Supplement wise, you can supplement creatine that can help with um, strength training and getting you maybe a little bit more strength or a few more reps. Um, I think I talked about this maybe in the last episode or maybe I talked about it on my other podcast. Guys, I don't know. Everything's blending together. (laughs) Um, But creatine, it's a supplement you got to take every day, even if you're not working out because you have to be consistent with it and keep it saturated. Um, I would say three to five grams a day. You can take it any time of day, but the Legion creatine, it's called Recharge. They say take it after your workout because it has some other ingredients in it that can help with recovery. You can take it any time of day though. It really doesn't matter. So um, if you do go with Legion, I would recommend the strawberry lemonade one. That's what I'm taking right now and it tastes so good. Um, Most creatines, they just do it unflavored and it's kind of just like gritty which makes people, you know, not look forward to taking it. So they're not as likely to remember to take it every day. Um, but Legion's is micronized, so it's not as gritty and they have it flavored. So it tastes better and you're more likely to take it. Um, I think that's about it for that one. 
Ah, speaking of Legion, this will be the last one. They said, I love Legion supplements that I've tried so far, but the amount of pills in a serving or scoop size seems like a lot. Why is that? Great question. So Legion, they really, really drive home the fact that they want to make sure that everything's in the most effective dose. So when you're comparing it to other supplements, you'll see that the doses can be higher. For example, compare the fish oil, um, which is called Triton for Legion. Compare that fish oil with a different fish oil. You'll see that the EPA and DHA, those are like the omega-3 ingredients in a fish oil, you'll see that they're higher in legions. So legions, I believe it's three um, soft gels. I think it's three off the top of my head. I don't know. Um, For a serving. So that's more. Usually it's two for most fish oil supplements. And they are about the same size as other fish oil supplements. And the reason for that is because the dose is higher. So if you were to take two of the Legion pills, it would be about the same as a different fish oil. But they want to make sure that they're telling you to take it in the most effective dose, which would be three. So that's why that one's more. Um, The serving size scoop, like for the greens, for example, I will say Legion greens do not taste good at least to me. They do not taste good and they know that because they know that they're trying to put ingredients in it that are actually going to be effective and in the correct dose and because of that it doesn't taste good. If your greens taste good then I'm wondering what is in there that actually tastes good because for the most part they're not going to be tasting good. Obviously you have to be able to tolerate it enough to drink it though. Um, But the greens scoop for Legion is, like, massive, I feel like. (coughs) Excuse me. I feel like even the Legion protein powder is almost bigger than normal. I'm not sure, though. Um, And the multivitamin, even. The serving size is huge. And that's because they're making sure that they're putting the most effective dose. So, um, it's not like when comparing it, you're like, oh, well, I'm going to go with this other brand because I only have to take two pills with that one and I have to take four with this one. You could take less of Legion's and probably have it be the same as the other supplement. So just compare the labels and compare the grams and micrograms and percent of the recommended daily amount and stuff like that. And you'll probably see that Legion has more of that ingredient in theirs. Which, by the way, I'm going to plug my code, code EMB, for 20% off your first Legion order. And if it's not your first order, then you get double rewards points, which is basically money towards your next order. Um, if you've never ordered from Legion, they have free shipping in the U.S. And the cool thing is if you guys don't like it, they literally will give you your money back. You don't even have to worry about it. They will give you your money back if you don't like it. So, highly recommend and it also supports me. So, if you use my code, thank you and I will put my link in the show notes. 
Um, but that's it for today. Thank you guys for joining me. Please share it on your story. Share it with a friend. Give me a rating and review. It helps me out a ton and it makes the time that it takes to record and edit these worth it. So thank you guys. I hope you have an amazing Wednesday and we'll talk soon.